not guidelines, but like th there's obviously when you do like the funnies, they're like timing and like you can learn how to do small things like that. No. When it comes to actually being funny, like you just kind of kind of just born with it, you know? It's relative. It's relative? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there are, there are people, there are guys that people say are funny and then you know, other people will strongly disagree with you and say they're not funny. Like a lot of people think Bill Burr's funny. Oh other yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that because I think Bo, Some Bo Burnham's hilarious, and there are a lot of people that don't, don't get. That's Bo a, it's. It, I think being funny is an opinion. <laughs> it <laughs> a, is a heavily discussed opinion. Like the Bernie Bernie Sanders memes are like, not funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think they're hilarious. Ah, some of but, them. But like yeah, so comedy on Twitter is definitely or social media. That's all like what your taste is. But I guess what I was saying or what I, I go with is like stand up comedians. There yeah. are some that are really funny, but like even if I don't get their jokes, I know like I can hear things I'm like yeah, what this guy's doing is great. Like their callbacks or like you know how the story is told is good. Shoot. I just don't like the material that he's talking about, right? Or he or she is talking about. Oh. Like the thing is, like I, I always I watched Joe Rogan stand up. Not only was he not funny, but I knew like this guy just doesn't doesn't know what he's scholars doing. Scholars maintain that Joe Rogan is not funny. Uh yes. Uh, not only scholars, but you know people with Scholar, their own thinking brains. People, people with Twitter accounts. Ah, oh, what's not bash the guy? He's just trying. I mean, he didn't make any money last year. Did he's he? not trying. <laughs> did he he's it? literally not trying. He All did. he does is open up a microphone and smoke weed and he's, talk to celebrities. He's so good. How much money did he make last year? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But like, I know, I, I'm not saying that in regards to you. I'm just saying but I no, don't get I it. See, I can say it like this. I can do what Joe Rogan does. Right. Because all he's doing is just keeping a conversation with a more interesting person flowing. Right. It's all about the person, not him. But like uh, somebody <sighs> like somebody like Larry King I can't uh, do what he does. Uh, well, like I can't do. I, I, I didn't know. I, I was I was trying to find the joke here, but I. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to be funny, but in reality, <laughs> like there there is there is an easy answer for this, and I think with the uh, it, it, it's a cliche saying, but I find this to be true, and I find it across all of the walks of entertainment that I have been privy to. I guess you can say study, but the truth is funny. The truth is entertaining. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. And, and that is that is I hate being the one to have the real answer to this. <laughs> but that's I mean you you look at the people that are successful. I mean Howard Stern is is popular because he tells the truth. Right. He's just Jeffrey Laurie does not tell the truth. I love how this is uh, this is our segue. Like this is the off season. Like guys, Roseman. we're trying to do that comedy, uh, you know, entertainment podcast. So we're yeah. just we're just buttering you up for whenever that comes. You know, whatever we're gonna is. we're gonna include that in Birds and Bros and then separate <laughs> it eventually. Uh, but yeah, this is Birds and Bros. By the way, we Hi. talk football and not <laughs> we not we the have, intricacies of comedy. We we had to take a week or two off because the. Eagles news was just dropping like a, like an anvil oh, on, a, that's on, a, the thing. on a glass table. Because if we did do one last week, it's irrelevant like immediately. <laughs> well, if you remember, even our last show, we said, what else could possibly happen? <laughs> Doug Peterson gets fired 24 hours later. It's like, well, I, did we even say, I was like, I feel like I feel like it's still a to be continued right now. <laughs> it really is. I, it's There are no answers like every... Nothing has been just strung together. It's all, it's all a mess. It is all an absolute mess. So we got to start off 
at the beginning here and just work our way through it because there's a lot. I mean, there is so much there is. to take it and digest. So basically, strap I, in your seatbelt. It's gonna be a it's gonna I be a long. Think, okay, so I think it's important for us, you know, being a young podcast that we are. To not really, I mean, we got a lot wrong here at Birds and Bros. And I guess that's anybody across the board talking about the Eagles from week one until until the finished product completely got it wrong. But the one thing that I like, even listening back on some of our <laughs> our old tapes, we always maintained that the cut was way deeper than we thought it was. Yeah. That it, that that the problems ran deeper than we thought that they did. That it that even though Carson Wentz's play had had to do with some of the decisions that were made. There was definitely a rift between Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman in which that rift connected through Jeffrey Lurie. And, 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 to, and I still maintain, you don't know the truth, but I still maintain, as we said before, I wish I was a fly on the wall in those conversations because that's the story and nobody knows it. Right, exactly. It's all... Uh, Tell us, Doug! But we want to know! And the thing is, we're getting all the he said, she said reports, and like we still don't know anything because, right. yeah, sure, I'm great. Doug said something bad about Howie, and he's going to make something look better for him, or Howie's going to say something about Doug and make it look better for him. Like it, the, the whole he said, he said, she said thing is basically take it with a giant grain yeah, of salt. We're getting the Save by the Bell plot when we, yeah. want, when we want forensic files. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we want cadavers. We, we, want, we want to cut this body open and find out why it died, you know? But, it's but, true, but yeah. what, we're, what we're getting is the, is the prefabricated storyline. Oh, well, we're just going in a different... Uh, no! I want to cut this body open and see what happened, John. But... Well, honestly, they should because we. I think we talked about. Uh, we didn't talk about the press conference with with Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah. And when he had that imme- media availability after Doug, I mean, he still gave us nothing. Like, I, I, I get why Doug needed to be fired, but there are still, like you said, wounds there or things that we need to see brought to light to make things not seem like it's a complete mess. But Jeffrey wouldn't get into it. He wouldn't talk about Howie. He basically just said, you know, we asked him to, or we knew that, you know, going short term and trying to get a Super Bowl now was going to make some bad decisions. But, you know, Howie's still the guy. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a deeper rift here from yeah. not only dating back to Chip Kelly. I mean, this has happened twice now in a row. Yeah. Answer that. What is the deep problems here? And they don't seem like they want to face Well, that. and I think you caught, you also caught Jeffrey Lurie for the first time. Almost deer in headlights. And then even, and even for my liking as a fan, I, 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 I was watching him. I don't want to say lie. I don't want to say lie. I was watching him. Couldn't explain himself. I don't think he... I, he he looked he looked off guard about the situation that he was in, uh, and 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 so like I said, something had to have happened where they had to cut ties with Doug Peterson and Jeffrey wasn't wasn't adept to like okay I guess he just it's almost like I I pick Howie yeah and and, and and that was it. It's a great read on the situation because I thought and that 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 media availability after he fired Doug the first like few things. That I was hearing from him, I'm like, man, this like, he's saying the truth. Like, he's saying there's a two to three year transition period, which, by the way, we've been saying for a long time now. It's probably going to take a, a couple of years to get this done. Yeah. Uh, he said they are in that transition period. They tried to go short term for the Super Bowl and it didn't work. And everything sounded realistic. And and everything sounded like it had a realistic view on things. And even the Doug stuff, the offense was getting bad. 
And that's, unfortunately, like, even if it's not Doug's fault, even if you're under the uh, impression that Doug had no fault in this, the problem is the NFL is based on results. If you win, you keep your job. If you lose and your numbers are bad, you lose your job. Like, the Doug thing to me is really simple why he was let go. Of course, then you go into all the other things and the question about Howie that he got, and that was the first time in that press conference that he just, you're right, it didn't felt like he had a read on the situation, was caught off guard by it, and that yeah. was weird because everything else he had an answer and he, for. But he went with what he knows best, what, what Jeffrey Laurie knows best. He went with what he knows, and that's money. He knows money, so that's why he went with Howie and not Doug. And that that's just my because because Roseman is his salary cap guy. He's his money guy, and that is that Keeps is their his books basically. Yeah, right? well, yeah. Well, whatever, whatever. I'm not even going to pretend like I know, right? But, but I, it's, but it's I know, generally, but that's I know what we that think a GM Howie. that deals with the salary cap, he's a money guy too. So we went with the guy that speaks his language, you know. But but whatever. But this is again, this is all speculation because I'm sure the story is way better than what we're speculating. Yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm and, sure. And it is. that's why I go for a, a little bit of surface level simplistic type stuff because I don't know exactly the relationship between Jeff Laurie and Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and how how things all are because it is I don't even think they by the way know like Doug didn't even know and Howie didn't even know it was a complete mess so I think what I just land on is well if the offense was better then Doug is there and if Carson was better Doug is still there Carson's problems even if they weren't caused by Doug the problem I have there is Doug's responsibility is for him to be good. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, you got to go. Yeah. That's, it's how the NFL and every single coach who's gotten fired, it works. Look at all the coaches Baker Mayfield has gotten fired and Sam Darnold's yeah. gotten fired. Right. Like it's, that's just how the NFL works. They want to keep their franchise quarterbacks and coaches are more expendable. But it's 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 still another money decision. Keeping Carson it Wentz is. was a money it's decision. It's absolutely too. a money decision. Uh, I mean, it's it's an investment property that you're that you can't part ways with because you, you as a businessman, like like I've been saying, Jeffrey Lurie's a billionaire for a reason. You know because he knows when to hold on to that stock and not sell it. And and he and this is obviously all of his decisions. He it was only it was squarely up to him. He he had a choice between Doug and Howie. It is play, Howie didn't have a say in the matter, you know. Well, obviously, unless he did, because he picked Howie. Did Carson have a say in the matter? I don't know. You can speculate that too. They might have let him feel that he had some say in the matter, but not really, because I would beg that you know we haven't moved on to our new coach yet, right? And <laughs> because and his name go, is escaping me. And right I'm now. <laughs> going to go through the timeline of when right. we started getting big okay. news story after big news okay. story. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So we we get to Doug Peterson being fired. We get that media availability. First of all, just. Doug Peterson, because there is, and I don't know when we fully have that conversation of appreciation, but obviously we can do a little bit of that now. He's a Super Bowl winning coach in Philadelphia. Like, there is an appreciation of Doug. I think it was time, but there is an appreciation of what he's done. Anybody that does not have his name etched on a throne or etched in a a place in their heart as far as Eagles history goes... That statue will remain, Doug Peterson. I think that is what that is what strikes me the most because I just imagined his departure. I mean, definitely, I'm different. Definitely not. I called him untouchable because of the Super Bowl. That's just how I felt. It's like you can do no wrong to me, man. It's almost like he saved my life in war. <laughs> I can look at it that way. You know, like he he got the purple heart. He took a bullet for me. You know, and 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 he made it happen. Well, say, I mean, but he didn't get his he didn't get his exit. He he got a. He, I, we haven't even heard from him. 
You know, he he didn't get a thank you. Did, did did he send out a thank you, Philadelphia? He did. He sent out like something through the Eagles, some kind of statement. But that's it. Was it was it stupid? Yeah, I didn't, was, I didn't even hear it. I'm, I mean, it, and was, I, it I, was certainly every single statement from Laurie, Howie, Doug, all was you know uh, things didn't work out and it's it wasn't going well. But you know, 2017, we'll all never forget that, and that's something that we'll all always be a part of. We need to get Doug on the horn. Yeah, I think I can call him up. Yeah, real we gotta quick, get Doug actually. on the horn, you know, because I think he's ready to talk. And, and what better, what better, what better safe haven right. than right here? We're, 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 yeah, we're. You know what, Doug? The open invitations there. Yeah. You know, if you want to come on the call. Birds and Bros you and uh, just you know shoot the crap, dude. You're making six million next year doing nothing. Hanging well, out at home. he he apparently is going to take the year off. Yeah, uh, he's. I know, but he still gets. It paid. seems like he's exhausted. That hits yeah. Jeffrey Lurie's pocket. But yeah, he's he's a little exhausted and wants to take the year off. And the thing is, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. No matter, like at, at any time, if a job opens up, Wait, he's going to get phone one. Ringing for a head coaching job, though. What's, yeah, absolutely. Was I, it? I, I thought just. I, I don't think it, it's not that it OC, wasn't right? ringing. I bet he probably put out the sort of feelings nah. that yeah, nah, I'm not doing it. You got to watch with that though. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind does hit. It does, but and this is a messy thing. For but him to it's be a part it's of. still easy though when a coach is available and he has that Super Bowl on his resume. It's really easy for a team to fall in love with that. I guess I guess you'll see because like, you know the inner circle of how the NFL exactly. works. Exactly, people that that are that are in the know but are staying out of it. That like I think you're going to see if Doug was right or wrong. Yeah, with exactly. what he said because because everybody talks about everyone. Because yeah. you know you don't you don't agree with the OCs that allegedly Doug wanted to bring in. For, he wanted to uh, what promote uh, Press, Press Taylor, Taylor yeah. which you know is not is not sexy to me at all. I, I understand the guy wanting to wanting to keep his own own guys and that little power struggle that's going on. But I didn't necessarily agree with that either. And if if Doug held his ground on that, then. I don't know. Oh yeah, and that it, it's not even just that. I think when that report came out, like I certainly agree that if that was what Doug kind of proposed, then dude, you don't get it. Like you I don't think get what's done to me. Like, right. I, mean, I think I it was he it. might have did it in spite of like, hey, I'm not doing anything you want. This is my guys, and if you don't want yeah, it, I'm then out. I'm a hop. Out. Yeah. Like it, he he definitely it felt like he had an attitude of I'm just gonna do things my way, and if you don't like it, get rid of me, kind of thing. It was definitely not amicable. I think there was. I think there was definitely left very. Oh, dude, bad breakup. I hate to say it, it's not even bridges burned. It's just that they all knew. Like, yeah, it's time to. It's time to go on a break. Let's just say that. Like, yeah. But yeah, it, but I guess you're right. Like, it's it's a t- it's a tough thing to swallow that it was going in that dire- it was going in that direction. And perhaps maybe it could have been one more year to see what happened with the draft and blah blah blah. But I guess the whole Carson Wentz situation and how that went mainstream has kind of put a a wrench in anything. Well, yeah, that's where the conversation goes next well, because it's not only the the. Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman stuff started coming out, but then Jeff McLean put out a great article and all of this Carson Wentz stuff started coming out as well. Yeah. Uh, what was your – I'll even start before you read it. Just like what were your expectations when you open up an article that says inside Carson Wentz's turbulent season and the forces behind his regression? Like what were you kind of – what were you trying to prepare yourself for when you read this? I, I think we're I – think- <laughs> I don't think we're surprised by anything anymore with this with this team. You know, I I I think it's so he he put to light some of the speculations that you already had. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a delicious little narrative. Uh, you know, in, in with a magnifying glass into the Carson Wentz thing, but I'm not really there's there's obviously something going on with them, and and it's definitely ego driven. So were you really that surprised? 
Uh, no, I think when when I came into this, because that's what I mean. I didn't, when holy, I came into I didn't this, holy grail it in that, in that way. Like I just just because. I don't well, know, I, you know. well, I knew we were going to figure out a little bit of things. Like we were going to get confirmed what was already maybe being said and yeah. what we were already thinking. Right. And but when I went into this, I thought it was going to be not a Carson Wentz hit piece, but basically, you know, here's why Carson Wentz is bad and what his problems are. Yeah. But when I came out of it, the first thing I immediately went to and just couldn't get my my mind out of was this coaching staff was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Like they didn't even know what their jobs were. Like uh, Marty Morningwig was talking mainly to Jalen Hurts and not Carson Wentz at all. Rich Scangarello had no idea what his job was week to week. He literally had no idea what his role was as a coach on that staff. And right. Press Taylor basically is buddies with Carson Wentz, so his job was basically to deal with Carson. Like it, th- that structure just was nightmarish. And I can, I can see why, like, if you're going to promote Press Taylor and all this, why everybody would be reluctant because, hey, this structure didn't work to begin with. But I think it, it proved to me that, that not having an offensive coordinator, there wasn't that central person to go to and say, all right, what are we doing with the offense? They went to three different people and – most of the time, they didn't even know what the heck they were doing. Well, we all knew that was going to blow up, though. The whole no offensive coordinator thing, because it just makes no sense, for one thing. It made no and sense And this is why I think this is a good But that example. was also Doug being like, well, if you're not going to let me have my guy, then I guess I'll just have nobody. And they said, fine, then have nobody then. I mean, from what it, that's just what it felt like. It felt, now it feels pretty juvenile. But again, heavy speculation. But that it just, it, the whole thing, like you say, it, it feels very juvenile. And, you know, with, especially with a multi-billion dollar franchise, you know, and a $150 million quarterback you know, <laughs> progression at risk here. It's just I, I the, the Jeff McLean. I, I I read all of that stuff, and, and I guess I'm more of a grain of salt. I don't, you know, with especially with media outlets. I'm sure some of it's true, and I'm sure he has a fantastic source. But what things that really get me, that get my juices flowing, are when when players come out and say things not when they're not anonymous when 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 they they they, they, they put their face to it because let, that means they're they're wanting to make a statement they let the yeah. quote come out yeah. uh you know like when you're hearing things that that it was that there wasn't much accountability in the locker room that that it was it was kind of a free for all you know there that that there wasn't much discipline that there wasn't this and like all those things are coming out that's the kind of stuff that I turn my head to and be like okay right. well there's some there's some real thing because they they have nothing to gain or nothing to you know, it's just all truth, and and like even going back, Jason Kelsey come right out. Oh, that stuff never happened. This happened, but that didn't happen. You know, so I I kind of trust what comes out from the players because if you wait long enough, you'll get the truth as far as that goes. But you know, but it's Jeff McClain's thing. I, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, he's he's a real reputable guy, and you know his you know. Well, I I will say this when it, it was comes told to, very well because I will come to the the media side of this. He's not saying a lot of this stuff. This is what people are telling him, and sure. he's just putting it out there. So basically, what what you're saying is you don't have the problem with him. You just have a problem with some people who are anonymous, and you don't honestly believe what some one person's perspective is, is when you're hearing a lot of other perspectives and they tell a different story. When, when you're anonymous, it just screams to me a uh, heavy, heavy opinion. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, yeah. It, it really does. I mean, be, and, 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 and it screams of what that person and, thinks and, and individually, down, not reality. Okay, now, now you're, now you're just, now you're, sh- sorry, you're shit talking now. Yeah. You know, you're talking behind somebody's back. 
Come out and say it, man. You know, T.O. with all of his faults. Come out and say it. You know, I mean, give us something even more juicier. You're like, well, guess who so-and-so what said? He's got nothing to hide. This is how he feels about it. You know, and maybe there could even be more, more truth behind it when that. But even with saying with Jeff McClain, I know that's your job. But saying, well, he got this from, so he's already third party. He's already getting this from, it's a round robin. You know, have you ever, ever done the round robin before? You say one sentence. You whisper yeah, somebody, yeah. It goes around and, the whole room. And by it's the time completely it gets different. It, yeah. By the time it gets around, you know, you have a Bernie Sanders meme. Whisper you know? down the lane or something. <laughs> yeah, you think exactly. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And, and especially this, <laughs> people say, oh, football, the gridiron, whatever. The most dramatic behind, it's just like wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is just the like most dramatic. Yeah. Like you are more curious about behind the scenes in this season, especially with with COVID, and, and now the reporters can't get in the locker room, and you know they're they're just driving them crazy to get any kind. Of, so now they can't get in to get their stories in the locker room. Now they have to do the hearsay, yeah, text, texting yeah. shit too. They can't get these guys on the phone. It's all texting now too. Oh well, this. I don't know, man. I I, I, I I thought it was great. I think there's a, probably a lot of truth to it, but I didn't put much weight to it. I mean, especially not until Carson talks. Yeah, well, Carson, uh, I it is once we first hear from him. That's something I'm I'm interested in. Uh, a couple more things from this piece uh, I want to bring up. Um, he said, Wentz alone factored into Peterson's exit despite Laurie's claim otherwise. Now, this seems like more of a report. Like, this is more from what he's hearing and not taking it from somebody and just directly. That doesn't make sense, though. Like, And, and you know what? If, if Wentz factored and that was the, the main decision, every owner in every single franchise has done the same thing. So what's the difference in this situation? That, I think that's why what I keep coming up on is that Coaches usually get fired before quarterbacks get let go. What's yeah. the difference here? Money. Exactly. It's it's a money thing. But that's million. But that's why it happens. Like, there, this is nothing new in the NFL. And, and everybody's acting like this is just like we've never seen this before. Yeah, it's happened a lot recently, actually. Yeah. So I don't know why that also was, like, such a big deal. But the last one is what everybody sort of came away with this or – what some were alluding to in the piece was that Wentz is uncoachable. Um, does that concern you? Or do we think he's not? Because I think that it's absolute baloney. I think that's just the people saying that are just trying to save their own jobs because I remember Wentz being pretty coachable in 2016 and 17. I, I remember him being pretty coachable. Like Frank Reich had no problem coaching him. You, what I hear in this story is that the coaches were really bad at their job. And I'll, uh, that's, so, that's what I came away with. I, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> that, that sounds like something that's in the first two or three things that's on a scouting report, right? Yeah. Uh, coming out of college uh, and him coming from a small school. Uh, with, like they would know. With, it, with, right? a co- with a college coach who has absolutely nothing to lose to say, well, well he's an asshole, but, you, but goddamn, the kid can play. You, know, you never got that from him. Everybody. There was high praise with him, and he was a smart football play, player's mind and blah, 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 and that's all you ever heard. The uncoachable thing doesn't make any sense. That would have came out. It would have came out. It would have it came out before he even joined – before he even got in the NFL. It re- I, I think so anyway. I, I, think he was, I think he was caught in, in, the, in the, the hailstorm of – well, first and foremost, and I'll hold him accountable, of having a bad year. Uh, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. I, I mean, I, which we don't, I know we don't talk about because it is what it is. And, 
but he was having a bad year in the midst of a perfect storm of of a, of turmoil in in a coach's office in a GM's office without an OC office with uh with Marty Morningwig just hanging out for some reason or another right. talking with a backup quarterback that got drafted in the second round for no reason. So I I think it was just a perfect storm. I mean, it ended up saying uncoachable. Maybe he did check out, and he's wrong for that. And he could be wrong for that, but he may, he had a bad year. I mean, you know, you don't want to hear he had a bad year. You know, you're having a bad year. Yeah. Well, how many times you want you know what do you want him to say? Oh, I suck this year. Else, that's what people wanted. But you know, that's what you're saying. He's not being held accountable. He knows he's not stupid. He yeah. knows he sucked. Well, I I think what he found out he could do because there the the coaches again were bad at their jobs, and I felt like he knew that every time they challenged him, he knew he can go right back because they just were bad. Like he knew he could challenge them because and be there like, were bigger things going on, right? And, well, exactly. Like <laughs> he, if, if somebody could say, "Hey, Carson, there was a wide open throw. Like, why didn't you see that?" And this was part of the piece. But Carson would go back and say, "Well, also my blocking sucked. The timing was off, and all, like everything that the coach is saying, and t- Carson is true. But Carson's too smart. Like you need somebody that can challenge him, like a Frank Reich. Press Taylor couldn't do that because he just wasn't good enough and good enough of a coach. Rick Scangarello couldn't because he just wasn't good enough of a coach. Yeah, and Marty Whit- Morningway couldn't do it because. He was too busy talking with Jalen Hurts and didn't care. And it's not like it's not like this team was going in there even before they started what they say quote dumbing things down or in the offense or whatever. Right, yeah. The game plans didn't seem like they were all that freaking stellar to begin with. Terrible. You know, and and they weren't running the ball, so play action was no. The, Carson couldn't get out of the pocket because he was getting killed. And then what does that trigger him to play the hero ball like you said? So his game was completely off by a lack by a lack of creativity in the offensive room because there was no offensive coordinator to kind of mold this stuff when Doug was dealing with other things. And well, there wasn't, there wasn't a, an authoritative figure there. It was just a bunch of yes guys or a bunch of, you know, role guys yeah. like Press Taylor and Scangarello and Morningwig, but none had an authoritative stamp on that offense. No. And that's what Frank Reich was, and they didn't have it. And, and, I, and I think you can even speculate now, too, that Doug kind of went into this season – pissed off with the whole Mike Rowe thing. Yeah, Mike Rowe's not so. going anywhere. And then he gets fired the next day. So that just goes to show right there that Doug that Doug was tired of the, of the hand going up the pump. And, and, you know, it's clear that that's what happened. I That's, again, speculation. From what it may seem, maybe there's a better but I think, story there. But. I think you can take those leaps of faith in saying that because it all makes sense. Doug Peterson at the end of last season came out right away and said, yeah, they're going to be back. Then had to say two days later, uh, actually, no, uh, they aren't going to be back. And so that told me that, yeah, there's maybe something going on here where yeah. there is a dissension. And so when you say things like that, I think you can. Although it's speculative, I think there's enough there that you can make that leap of faith and yeah. say it kind of. And they shouldn't have been back. I mean, it was, they should, he should not have brought them back. No. I mean, in my opinion, and that's a fault of Doug. Like that, that has to be a, Doug has to be aware of, man, your offense looked bad. You know you got to do something different, right? you got to yeah. fix something. And Doug didn't want to fix anything. He just wanted to keep doing the same this was, thing. It was, it was a perfect – dude, we, we, we had this. We had this feeling. It was a perfect crap storm. For yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and then, then, then you, you couple it with – I keep bringing up the pandemic and the, the, the no preseason and no – And the fact that Carson Wentz legitimately regressed this year. He, like looked, that had, yeah. he did. I mean, people are arguing, oh, he was bad last year. No, he was no. not. 
He, he it, the team was he, he was winning with less than nothing again last year. I mean, I'm sorry, I got I got to hold on. I mean, it's not even me giving him a pass. They made the playoffs. Everybody rooted for him it. last year. Everybody everybody was confident going in against. Everybody Seattle. really loved those last four. And, and, he, and, and he took another hit, you know, and he took a bad hit. Nobody's calling Mahomes soft for his hit, you know, last week. I'm not comparing the two. Obviously, they're not even in the same to me in the same no, but league. It so happened to Mahomes. Basically, it's a same. it's a contact sport. He's going to get hit, not in the way he should have. It was a, but yeah, it's it's a contact sport, and I, so I hate that people use it. But yeah, you're right. He was so beloved. He was great, man. He really was great last season. Yeah. But this year, he legitimately regressed, and that of course adds on to things. And there were there were a lot of factors involved, and it just doesn't happen. It's never happened before. A guy fell off this much. People have had bad seasons. Peyton Manning had a bad. What was it? His fifth year, fourth year. Yeah. Like they they say he's right in that realm, but they're saying well Carson's was even worse. I'm like yeah, it, but well, I, it me, also it, it, it also landed in the middle of a pandemic when everything was different, and and then. And, you know, and I think it was also coupled with, you know, whatever rift was going on behind the scenes that we didn't, that we don't know about. That hopefully Doug writes a book about. Yeah, because you know, I think <laughs> Doug I does write books, so he wrote a book on the Super Bowl, so he might own that one. But I, <laughs> but when we have this conversation all the time, right? It's it's always the divisive. Well, why are you trying to defend Carson Wentz? Why are you trying to defend Doug? My, and I will again. I like. I think what I want to do on this one is keep it as simple as possible. Because when you speculate, sometimes you get down into these big rabbit holes, and not everybody agrees with the the leaps of faith that you are taking. Right. So I will keep this at a simple level. Carson Wentz played bad. Yeah. It is Doug Peterson's literal job to make sure he's not playing bad. This is a results based business. Mm-hmm. No matter what your feelings on Carson are, the quarterback always stays over the head coach yeah that was Doug's responsibility Mm -hmm. things weren't working results-based business you're gone Mm -hmm. it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. like we can make it much more and there is because I think what we're concerned is that it it now carries over into the next head coaching regime yeah but it's as simple as that though I is does does that make sense like is it as that simple to you it it really does I mean this game this game is speculation It, it completely makes sense I mean I don't even call it defending anything because it is clear as day you know it is clear that at the end of the day it's always about money it's always about money it's always about money so it's so I, i i think what you could call defensive about Carson Wentz isn't so much being defensive of him, just knowing that it's the way it's going to be and trying to figure out a, you know, a way to get there to say like, it doesn't matter what you think he sucks. You bench him. I know that you have the heart and you want to bench him, but $130 million, you're not going to do it. You know, you, you, and, but you also know that if you go by the odds of it, that he is going to turn around. Now we're just wondering, you know, that he's going to, I, I have this strong feeling that he is, but is it going to be in an Eagles uniform or not? That's that's the real question. You got to get over all that because I think I'm getting past not defending anybody. I I say it all the time. It's my new mantra now. I'm all for the plan that works. Yeah. I'm all for it because when we have more points at the end of the game, I don't care how we got. People say, "Oh, that was a bad win." A bad. What the hell's a bad win? <laughs> What's a bad win? A um, W is a W. Oh man, I was having a bad day the day I won four hundred million dollars in the lottery. It's all it's all over. There's no such thing. A win is a win. Right. I didn't. I didn't actually pick those numbers. You yeah. know, it, I I entered in the wrong one. It's, and it's, I won it's, a billion. It's not dollars. a defense. It's it's going strictly based on the fact that everything comes down to money. It's always about money. As with these owners, these teams, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure Jeffrey Laurie loves football, and he's got some kind of ha, and he loves it and this and that. But he does it to make money. He does it to make money. 
And he paid Carson a lot of money. And he paid Carson a lot of money. Carson. Well, and you will be paying Carson Wentz a lot of money no matter what. All these guys, they play football. I mean, I know that there's, there is tons of pride. And it, it's all the way down the wire. They do it to make the money. It's all about money. You know, and, and and that's what, like when it comes down. I think we take it personal that we're defending this and that. We're not. We're not. It's not personal. It's about money. It's all. <laughs> yeah. And and I think what makes the we the, do this for pride because if there's <laughs> we we absolutely do. Yeah, we, no. we just do this to stroke our egos. Basically. We do it for the yeah. money, baby. <laughs> I saw I saw like Hulk Hogan cutting a heel promo. But go ahead. So the a parallel that you can make or a similar situation that you can look at is the Los Angeles Rams. They pay Jared Goff a lot of money, um, and Sean McVay kind of is leaving the door open of Jared Goff could be gone. And so you can make that similar situation while Jared Goff's regressed. Uh, coach is responsible for that. John, why aren't you saying Sean McVay? It's a lot different when you're 10-6 and six or whatever the record was. You're in the divisional round of the playoffs, and your quarterback's bad. Because what makes you money is winning more than anything. So not only was the Eagles your – $128 million quarterback not playing well. You also weren't winning. That doesn't give you money. Losing does not make money in the NFL. Yeah. Like, that's why teams go after, want to win. You make more money when you win. I'm telling you, the Eagles made a lot more money after that Super Bowl. And they're still benefiting off of 2017 more than anything. Yeah. Winning matters, and winning gives you, like you said, money means everything. Winning means money. And so that's, that situation is similar, but different because they won. The Eagles were 4-11-1. You add in the fact that $128 million quarterback's bad and the fact that they're losing, it's all about money at that sure. point. Sure. No, you know, no I, 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 I'm looking at it from this regard. <laughs> that I, I think now, now we're getting into the thing with, with the owner and the GM, you know, that, that money does is their driving force, but right below that, pretty close, is their pride. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and is the way that they're setting their way. I think Roseman's pride more I than th- anything. I think that's where we're living right now, even with Jeffrey Lurie, is that they, they want to do things their way because, and I'll even be the devil's advocate of, of one of my own points, to say that even when a team's losing, they make plenty of money. <laughs> the, uh, well, yeah, the Washington yeah. Redskins, for how long, were the most expensive franchise in football, and they were terrible. Right. You know, so so you still make plenty of money because you can still brand and you can still sell. You still, you know, where, where do you make your money? You know, you make your money with TV deals. That obviously helps. But then it's also merchandise with the jerseys and the T-shirts and, and, and all well, that stuff. So I'll say New England uh, basically is a franchise. They shouldn't make more money than a lot of teams because they're in a kind of not really that great market. And Boston at the time wasn't a great market. They have been now for two decades of winning in every sport. But because they started winning in sports so much, guess what? That's one of the top sports markets in the, yeah. the entire country now. Yeah, I can winning that riff, winning yeah. matters yeah. In, in terms of dollars, and it sure. does. And you need a good brand, a winning brand, yeah. because if you keep losing all the time, then people don't want to go to your games. Uh, people don't want to invest well, then, into your Then brand. you rely on your diehards, which is still, if you have a diehard fan base, then that's great. You know, But you know, like I guess like a franchise like the Texans, they need to win because they're – they're, they're right. t- like they're, they're, they're diehard. I, I, maybe I'm speaking out of my, my tushy right now, but they don't seem like they have that huge diehard fan base because of no, the Cowboys, right. because the Cowboys are there. Or even when you're, when you're the Chargers that keep moving around city to city, or even I'm sure the Raiders took a hit moving out of, moving out of Oakland oh, and going absolutely. to going to Vegas. I wonder how many of their faithfuls follow. But what, what are we talking about, money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I, I, you know, you, I think for the first time in Eagles history, you're, you, you, I think that's what's getting so sour in, the, in, our, in our mouth yeah. is that this is all about money. And yeah, we don't like that. 
So you brought up an interesting point because it's going to lead us a little bit into the coaching conversation as well, the new head coach. But what? There, <laughs> this is what that. This is what we're talking about. What happened? Cotite? <laughs> Ray Rhodes. Richard. Um, so you mentioned pride and like they're towing that line of like money, but also like this is a little bit of a, of a, of a pride thing for Lori and Roseman. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of Peterson because of that. But the pride thing seems to be working its way into more decisions a- as we have gone along. And that'll lead into the coaching thing. But right. Jeffrey Laurie seems very involved more than he ever has been, especially early on as owning the Eagles. Does it bother you at all? Do you think he's intruding too much? Is it just normal to you? Because it's it's something that is more prevalent now, and it's it's more out there. But what are your what are your feelings on Laurie seemingly putting his his fingerprint on more things? Uh, no, I I I think it's just magnified. I don't think there's really much of a difference to it. Like I said, I think I think you caught him. You know, he caught himself in a situation that he you know that he couldn't really talk his way out of. And he was saying all the wrong things when usually he says the right things. But no, I, 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 th- I think there's, there's th- like, there's been so much stuff that happened this year. And then we also just let go of a Super Bowl coach, you know, after three years removed from it. Almost he was forced to basically is what you're, you're yeah, maybe getting at. Like I, I, things are going so bad. He's kind of forced to put his hands in everything. Yeah. I, I look at, I mean, he, dude, he owns a team. I'm sure he, I, these comparisons to Jerry Jones, I don't agree with. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones is the GM of his team, right. you know, so that, that's it, right off the bat. And Jerry Jones is, he loves to do his media shows. He has weekly shows with, with his radio stations yeah, and all. This, this guy, Dallas, yeah. I mean, you know, Jerry, Jerry loves the way his, his, his crap smells, but he doesn't try to waft it into My man other. likes to, to, to smell his own farts, likes yeah, the sound of his yeah. voice. And he wants you out. to fart his farts too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Actually, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so, you know, but anyway, no, I, 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 I think, I think there's I think it's it's a little bit of a reach with that. Like sure Jeffrey I think for the first time has clearly put a rift in his organization that it has us has us tilting our heads but only because it's about money and it's always always has been but they were they did a bad job at at hiding that. Yeah. That it, that it was a money decision. And but no, I I I think as an owner he has done everything that he's entitled to do that he's supposed to do. Right. And and I bring that up because the Eagles hired a new head coach, and we'll talk about what we have found out, if anything, about this guy, because I have no idea anything about him. But this coaching hire has, like, Jeffrey Lurie's fingerprint all over it. You know, a, a guy that doesn't fall too far from the tree of Eagles coaches and people right. that he knows. You said it before, the NFL with Doug Peterson, like, it's all a big inner circle. The, everybody yeah. talks to everybody because they're all in the same profession and doing the same thing, so they all know each other. Well, with the Eagles, they keep a close circle, and when they hire coaches, it's a lot of, who do you know? And Frank Reich said, hey, I got this offensive coordinator, and Jeff's like, I'm listening. Uh, who do you got for me? And yeah. and so – I I think what I have a problem with immediately before I even hear the name is just like I heard Colts offensive coordinator and it didn't surprise me because Howie just didn't really stray far from uh, the tree or the norm. Right. He, this this felt like a very comfortable decision. And Andy Reid was because he knew Andy Reid from somebody and uh, Mike Holmgren and there was a well, connection. He was with somewhere. the Eagles organization. Right, exactly. Yeah, he, th- there was some connection there. The only time Lori has ever really strayed away from the norm was Chip Kelly. 
And mm-hmm. and because that went so poorly, I think he's even more close to the vest in terms of I got to know you before I hire you. Okay. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And it, I, I think it, it bothers me, and I guess that reaction there, it doesn't bother you. It's something that doesn't, doesn't strike you as being odd. Because no. I felt like the Eagles needed to hit, instead of a soft reboot, they needed a complete one. It, and well, to do that, you need well, somebody we, we, we said on our last show, what was it, about six months ago? <laughs> Whatever. As far, as far we as, don't do a podcast. If, we don't do a show for a week in we, the offseason, and you're yeah. saying six months? Well, if you, on, to, if, you to, if you were to gauge our break from how much Eagles news was released, <laughs> it's been about six months. It's been a whole offseason. We could make six months of a podcast it's, based yeah, off it's, of that it's, week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been an offseason. I forget my train of thought now. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, Jeffrey Lurie not going far from, you know, something that he's comfortable with and the norm. Oh, okay. Because so, I find it to be problematic, and you see, again, your reaction. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like so we, 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 said, we said at our show, that's right, I went six months ago, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with that. We said that the Eagles needed to make a right turn, and not just, like, on the street, but in the universe. We said that. They need to do something astronomical, something like it needs to change big time. And they did that. We might, I mean, you know, it was an enormous move. It was an enormous. To let go of Doug? To let go of Doug and then hire a guy that nobody's ever heard of. It was, it was a way. <laughs> you know, it, 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 for me, it didn't feel like a safe thing. It, didn't, it felt like it was a huge move on. I mean, to me, the safe thing would have been Doug, just shut up. We'll figure it out. That would, I, to me, that would have been, or, you know, or, you know, Carson or guys, we're all going to get together and have lunch and talk about it and make sure that that would have been the safe thing. But for it to come out and just completely on the surface, no speculation, Doug, you're fired. Carson, we're going to get you fixed. Let's hire Frank Reich's guy. We think he can do it. Get him the hell in here. Decision made. Shut the door. Boom. It's over. So I, I, this is, that sounds like a billionaire made a this, decision. Yeah. Well, it definitely was. Yeah. He, he, Kind of really How decided. Yeah, one to year. Do. You know, he's got to be on some kind of leash. But I think this is where we part because I think we agreed that there needed to be an astronomical decision and a big change. Something needed to change here. Right. And I think where we differ on is that big change. I don't think Doug Peterson was a big change. I just feel like it was a necessary one. Yeah. A big change would have been hiring somebody that has a completely different background, that's from a different train of thought, that completely is going to maybe shift the culture here and, and, not, and not know who Howie is and not be somewhat involved or it's not a who do you know or involved in the inner circle. I thought the astronomical kind of different turn they should have made was going completely outside of the norm of what they're comfortable with. But you can't do that did. with Howie being there. So the, I, I, I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. If, if, like, if Howie, like when Doug got fired, you knew Howie was staying. So then that means they're, they're just going to put another, they're putting another pawn Yeah, that's in why they, they can't do the, it. The, yeah. the chess table didn't get completely wiped out. The king, wow, look at me. The, the, I, guess, <laughs> I guess the king and his... The king and his knights. Puns and knights. Do I, and I can't call. I can't are you call, doing chess references? I, I don't even know have how to play chess. Have you watched the Queen's Gambit? I guess I, I, I is that why uh, you're doing I have, this? No, it's not driven by that at all. But I guess. But I, I'm. I'm trying to find a way not to call Howie the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, a There's a lord or something. No, right? a knight. No, what is the, it? A the, knight. The, yeah, there's a knight. Or to rook five or whatever the hell. The he is. rook. The rook. But there's so, a rook too. Yeah. So you didn't. You didn't clear this chessboard. You didn't flip it over. You know, like uh, some organizations flipped over the chessboard. Uh, you, you could probably think of one faster than me right now, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Well, I, I think you, uh, we're comparing it in the same way. Yeah, yeah I compared I, it to a soft and a hard reboot. Well, and I, I also, think they just restarted their computer instead of completely unplugging everything. And I agree everything with and, y- your sharp turn, and for what I'm gathering, your sharp turn would have been Jeffrey say, "Doug, Howie, get the hell out of here." 
Right. That would have been your sharp turn. And then they then like I guess it would have been it would have been an eagle thing to do to say, Doug, Howie, get the hell out of here. Deuce your coach and I'm gonna go find a GM. That would have been so Philly. And that's why I was on the deuce train. Like you guys didn't get that. I was on the deuce train. I was like, why the hell not? Why not? The the locker room loves him. Everybody was speaking up for him. Everybody have we even said the new coach's name yet? Did Nick we, Sirianni. We haven't said his name yet. No. We're just we're just calling him the new coach. Yeah, the, it's almost like we created I, I, we no, created no, no, a player in Madden that just says my player. This is my <laughs> dumb fault because I'm trying to tease like the big topic we want to talk about, and like for some reason I didn't want to say who the coach was. Like just wait and hear what the name of the we coach. We were trying is. to remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that. You, you hear but John but typing in the background. Now I feel even dumber for trying to tease something and say like here's the big reveal, knowing we've <laughs> already revealed this. We know. Everything. What the hell am I? But, what am I doing? But I think that's the mistake we make as 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 egos as Philly fans. We expect thing. We expect these billionaires to make to make their decisions based on the you know the the the, the drive the, of the the, the, the loudest of noise. The city. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. happen that way. You know, Jeffrey Laurie, he's a billionaire, lives in the main line. I've seen his house; it's lovely. You know, but he's not going to make the. He's not going to do that. Everybody, get the hell out of here, Deuce. We're going to give you a shot. But that's that's me being the regular fan here. That's what I think. That's what I would have done. But now that he went this way, now I can easily just say, "What the hell do I know?" <laughs> well, yeah, that's why. And I say this for like the very end. And we we wanted to. I wanted to go lengthy on most of this stuff because yeah, Nick Sirianni is the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, <sighs> offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, obviously under Frank Reich. Other than that. And that he went to the university, Mount Union or something, University of Mount Union, Mount Union University. I have no freaking idea. And he's from Jamestown, New York. Jamestown, New York. I've been. Really? Nice I area? I've been. How is it? It's in the middle of nowhere. I told you, my, 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 girlfriend, so tell us- my girlfriend in college was from Jamestown, New York. Perfect. You yeah. know what? This is actually going to tell me more about Nick Sirianni because I don't know. I was about to say, I know absolutely freaking nothing about Pe- this guy. People say, oh, Jamestown, that's like right near Buffalo, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's about 100 miles into the woods from Buffalo. <laughs> it's probably the closest town to Buffalo. It is. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think I, it's, 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 an, it's, think Erie, PA. So you get to Lake Erie. And then like, so you're in PA in New York. Then make a right and drive for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and literally in the middle of nowhere. Jamestown, New York, Asheville, it is the middle of nowhere. The middle of nowhere. So, actually, that tells me more about what Nick Sirianni could be than what I actually know. Because, Mike, I got to tell you, man, and we've this, this news has been out for a few days. Uh-huh. We've looked into him. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. He's been a coach for a while. He's been the offensive coordinator for the Colts, hasn't called plays, so I don't know what his scheme is actually going to look like. I've never even heard of his name before until he interviewed, and then the, the the first rumblings were, "Oh, this guy did really well in his interviews," and that's when I was like, "Oh man, this guy's gonna be it." But I just I can't react or have a strong opinion because I literally know absolutely and nothing. That, you know what, John? I think that's fine for right now. I think I think we need we need. We a little bit of break from getting mad or like well, having yeah, a strong because you, reaction. You can't, to you can't like like if if we hired if we hired uh, Josh McDaniels, you would have what the oh my god. Some people people were calling him the enemy all week, you know. And, oh my god, what a stupid! And there are people like oh because he was like you know he could have been the sexy picker, he could have been the most dramatic. I didn't want him. I hate him. He sucked in Denver with this guy. Nothing, nothing. You dropped a, you, a tree fell. Oh, this is this is going back to my Jamestown. A tree fell in the middle of the woods and nobody heard it who yeah what? exactly there is yeah. there is nothing it was 
you just heard a giant collective, not reaction, anything, just a giant collective. Who? It's like the new day. Who? It was. It was Who? almost like when we when we drafted Jalen Rager. Who? Or 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 Ortega Whiteside. You meant Justin Jefferson, the, the LSU you guy, mis, right? You mispronounced DK Metcalf. JJ <laughs> Ortega, what? But yeah, I, that, that's essentially what what happened. <laughs> I it think. is. And it, it, with, there's especially even you, a man of a man of great passion and fire for the uh, for the journalistic arts. Is that a thing? Did you major in journalistic artistry? <laughs> could you consider? Was it part of like the arts? No, I, I guess you. Man, could. I am sidetracking. I the tell hell out of you I right tell now. stories. <laughs> I mean, that could be considered art. Oh, but still, like like you guys, you're best. I, I, I guess I listen to some of the popular radio personalities around. They're like, I, I didn't, like Reese had no clue who he was. Well, exactly. You know, I had no idea. Anybody who's saying anything about this guy or having a strong opinion on him is literally just pulling it out of their ass. Yeah, they they have no idea. They were they were literally looking him up. Uh, it was great. <laughs> Somebody sent me a text. It was it was on Wikipedia like that he was the head coach of the Eagles before anybody reported it. <laughs> it was already on his Wikipedia so page. So you know what, Mike? Yeah. I'm going to do it. Nick, Nick Sirianni. We're going to do this live. Nicholas Sirianni. Nicholas Sirianni. <laughs> what, what should I put on? Salary, family, or Eagles? Nick Sirianni in the Google search. The top three are salary, family, or Eagles. What, if, it's, what if it says vegetarian? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so which one do you want to know about? Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, Nick Sirianni family, or Nick Sirianni salary? Which salary. One? Okay, let's go with salary. What comes up? Yeah, what's this guy worth? Uh, Nick, Nick Sirianni, uh, contract and salary, bio, age. Uh, let's click that one. He's my age, by this, the way. He's your, oh, he is? Yeah. He's younger than you. You sure about that? He's 38. I thought he was 39. He, he's 38. Wow. Um, from Jamestown, New York. Net worth $3 million. Good for him. He's a white American. Yeah. Uh, he's married, has a son and a daughter, two sons and Prove a daughter. Prove it. Prove it? Did you say? Prove I don't know. Uh, his father's name is Frank Sirianni. That's of course, a good, it is. strong fatherly name. <laughs> he sounds like a guy that gets whacked in a in a, in a, in a mob movie, like re- <laughs> like really early on. So, okay, you're wanted in questioning for the Frank Sirianni murder. Hey, why are you busting with me, pal? I told you I was with my daughter all day. You gonna mess with the Sirianni family? Are you yo, sure yo, you want to go down yo, there? Yo, the Sirianni, the, the Sirianni family. They're packing their cannolis and they're heading north. <laughs> Oh, Frank Sirianni? Yeah, he was in here two weeks ago. Maybe it was Tree. <laughs> so I will say it on this podcast because I do, a, right. I do a, a couple other shows. Good. And I do one with Tommy Pope, Thomas, great comedian. He's a very funny man. Um, and, you know, everybody's trying to have a reaction, have some kind of opinion on this. And I got to admit, I got a big chuckle because we didn't know anything about this guy. So the first thing that Tommy Pope reacts to and says about this guy is, ah, good Italian. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what if there's one thing about this coach that's gonna work there's a lot of italians in philadelphia that's gonna be really happy yeah you're, you're just gonna be here in south philadelphia south philadelphia a little bit louder every sunday yeah, come on the, ca- the casual philadelphia fan it, it, the yeah. italian is just going ah good italian kid i like yeah. him yeah. you know i like this guy yeah maybe that maybe that's why jeffrey laurie was brilliant he, he knows well. his de- he knows his audience yeah you know? spent a lot of time in south philly we gotta get an italian yeah, yeah, Italian, Italian. So what else? So he so he so he has three million bucks. Um, he has three million bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it goes into his coaching career. Yeah. Uh, he was he, a wide receivers he coach. Rest of IUP yeah, right. and then quali- IUP. Uh, Indiana University, Pennsylvania. Uh, it, that's what it says. He progressed. To, I, I don't know. I partied there. 
Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. Uh, then he was offensive quality control coach for Kansas City, Don't then assistant quarterback coach to wide receiver coach between 20, uh, 2009 to 2012, then with the Chargers, <laughs> and all the way to Indianapolis. What was Frank Sirianni doing this whole time? <laughs> I think you have an idea, Mike. Yeah. Oh, we, we don't talk about that. We don't. <laughs> should, oh, I search he up, was, should I look up uh, Frank was, Sirianni now? He was painting houses. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no, no. He was okay, so houses. this is what people want to know about Nick Sirianni. Uh, it's it's salary first, then family, Eagles, Italian, yeah, yeah. staff, Wikipedia, yeah. married, contract, Twitter. And now you yeah. know what? I want to know, how tall do you think Nick Sirianni Six is? 6'2". He was a receiver, right? He was a good receiver in I, Division but he's Three. A, he's a white slot receiver, probably. I still say 6'2". Six Let's six see three. if I can get it. I don't think his height is on here. So we're going to make it up. He's 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two is 6'3". Six he's 6'23". Six he's, he's an Italian man <laughs> from Jamestown, New York. From the middle of nowhere. From the middle from of nowhere. From parts unknown. He's about 6'2". And, uh, yeah, he's now the Eagles head coach. His second favorite color is sepia. <laughs> so how do you think we did here? Do you think we now, everybody knows who Nick Sirianni is? Yeah, we didn't ask, you know, does he run the I formation? Is he all about the split back? Is he going to bring the split back back? So I, and, like, one thing we can look at, I guess, is the the Colts offense. It was very run heavy. They had two very good running backs in the past year. Got Phil Rivers to the playoffs. Right. They did great. Even Jacoby Brissett looked pretty good in that offense and he's a backup quarterback. But I mean, they had a a great running game. They basically played to the running game and then passed off of it. But my question is, or why right. I'm not taking anything from that, is he didn't call the play. So we could have been involved with the offense. I don't care about that. I don't. It's not just that. But I, I know he could have helped put together the offense, but I don't know what his exact philosophy is or what his scheme sure. is. Because he could still come in here and throw the ball, be in shotgun formation all the time, throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't care game. about that. I think this, this guy will be, as, he will be as good as the OC and DC that you put around him next year, and I think that is, that is what the real conversation should be moving forward is, it, does he get a say in it? Who's it going to be? Is Deuce going to be OC? Uh, which, uh, Deuce which, is going to Chicago. Oh, is that, that, that's, that's true. Good I, for him. I don't blame him. Uh, he needed to. Well, I mean, I, I think I think he need he need he couldn't. Have. I, I mean, as much he as I would have loved, he needs to be in front of more people. Yeah. I mean, he's just been in one organization. Yeah. He needs somebody else. He needs. Yeah, to and and, and I kind of agree that this team. I think it was pretty apparent this team didn't need one of their buddies being the head coach. That's for that I gathered hearing from other players. But I mean, that, with with saying that, uh, I guess some of the more. Uh, things that I'll look into our new coach, uh, Nick Sirianni. Oh, is that Frank Sirianni's kid? Um, <laughs> I think one thing I'm curious to <laughs> – uh, Is that Frank Sirianni's the, kid? Jamestown, New York. You definitely heard – Oh, uh, Nick, is yeah, that Frank, Frank Sirianni? Kid? You know, you made uh, it little, from a small town Nick when it flips, yeah, yeah. when it's like, oh, Frank's – oh, you're Nick Sirianni's <laughs> pop. Huh? You're, yeah, you're his dad. You're dead. You're, you're dead. You still paying houses? Ah, oh, you're stuttering. Oh, no, anyway, uh, but I, I'm. I think. I think part of the research now, and kind of biding by what I said, I want to. I, I wish there was a way I could find out what the Colts players uh, genuinely say about him as an offensive coordinator. I think that's that's where you're going to get the majority of your information because you know what the Eagles players are doing. They're texting their friends that that played for the Colts and said, yo, what's, what's, what's dog like, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, what are we getting over here? And I, I want to know what that exchange is. That that's where the story lies. And, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to report on that probably because it's all good. 
<laughs> well, Probably yeah, everybody and, loves him. And throughout this entire entire coaching search, like it got to a point where they were interviewing a lot of names, and it was kind of I, I was preparing like we're we're most likely not going to know who this coach is. So the the thing that I kept saying about it and still holds true now because the the Eagles did not hire a coach that anybody knew about. Right. But it's more about the staff and how he works with Howie Roseman. It's more – any coach can be good. You just got to put him in the right circumstances and, you know, put the – I agree. The right, like Doug Peterson, it was the same thing. Doug Peterson's a good coach, but yeah. he needed to have a good offense coordinator. Had Jim Schwartz for all those years, which helped out. Jim Schwartz was a yeah. great defensive coordinator. But it, it does matter. You have the head coach in now. He's got to be at least a, a decent term uh, – a decent uh, person in terms of leadership. But now, how do you relegate everything else? And what? who is making those decisions or helping you with the coaching staff? And that's, that's the it's, question. It's such, it's such a – it's more of, a, more of a, a group effort now than yeah. I think it ever was. Co- you know? and we've seen head coaching, and that's why I'm always reluctant now to and say I, anything but, about coaches because of Doug Peterson. But yeah. we just it's, – it's so much of a, a guessing game. Like, you really don't know. Yeah. And so the – to me, the only thing that I need from a head coach is just a good staff around him. Right. And if that's always in place, then you're fine. I think you need, you need someone. You need someone that can relegate. I mean, dude, if if you're not copying what Belichick did, I mean, what what did Belichick do? He just simplifies. I mean, I'm sorry to, and I hate the guy too, <laughs> but what does he do? He, you know, as as a coach, he tells everybody exactly what he wants them to do, and that's it. There's nothing. Everybody knows what their job is exactly. at all times, yeah. and 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 if any, you take anything away from the way that he does things, that's what it is. Everybody knows. I mean, down to the third string slot receiver knows. You know that he's you know, his special team assignment. This is what I want you to be good at. I want you to be better at this than anybody else in this building right now. And I think that is the key, you know, to, to be able to – Belichick don't call plays. He doesn't get involved in that in that crap. He just – he oversees – and that's what you need. If you're missing, you need someone to oversee all this stuff to kind of, you know, get the bird's eye, you know, zoom out of this thing. Right, and, and, because and he's a defensive guy, but I would say he's probably involved in the outfit too because you're right. He has that bird eye view and he's like, hey, we haven't we haven't – perfected this part of the game plan yet yeah. work on that uh defense you you haven't been doing this right and i actually want to change things up a little bit i don't think we can do it so we're going to change it this way defensive coordinator now implement it you yeah. know it's you're right it's more of a he can relegate or uh, all of the assignments to everybody and they know exactly yeah, what they're I mean, going I, to I do i mean granted i mean i mean granted like i don't know if you can you can teach somebody how how much bill belichick loves the game that he knows Every stat he knows, everybody's weakness. He, he's a freak about this. I mean, that, that's obviously one of his stronger suits and all, but but I, I don't know. I mean, what do we have to lose, man? Nick Sirianni, whatever. Uh, let's let's see what happens. But I think writing in order for us to get back, like I, I've been saying, the fastest road is to hope and pray that that Carson comes back to form. And I think that's what Jeffrey Laurie is banking on because that is his fastest way back to making more money is to have that top three, top five superstar quarterback to be playing at an MVP level because, like you said, that's what makes money. Yeah, and that's that's the hard part about also, like, so what do you think the Eagles are going to be like under him? What are the expectations? You don't and know. And honestly, I have no idea. The only thing I do know is it's likely that Carson Wentz is going to start, and if he doesn't play well, what happens? Does Jalen Hurts come in? Does it mean completely things blow up? And I will say this about Nick Sirianni and, and the fact that he is in here to, to basically fix Carson Wentz. From past examples, 
of head coaches that have that have done this have gone in and their job is to hey we have a franchise quarterback fix him like make him good you learn very quickly whether or not it's going to work baker mayfield in two situations freddie kitchens you knew by about week three or four like mm, this isn't gonna work then kevin stefanski comes in you knew by about week three or four mm, they got something here like baker's doing well adam gase comes in new york jets I mean, you probably saw in the press conference this isn't going to work, but then on the field you saw it, right? <laughs> doing as Mike does the eye movement. It's actually pretty good. If you, uh... <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was having a stroke. Yeah. Funny, like, yeah. laughing at me. But Adam Gase, if you didn't get from the press conference, you knew by about week one, two, or three that yeah, this likely isn't going to work. That's a shame. Like you learn very quickly. So what happens when we learn in weeks three or four, like? Man, this isn't looking good. I don't know. Or it's looking great. Obviously, that would mean a different set of yeah. circumstances. But well, what yeah. if that happened? Because to me, you learn so quickly Dude, about there it. there are so – like, that is such a – like, yeah, that's such a loaded thing because there are so many things. Like, th this should be the busiest organization in football because there are – we need so much crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, aside – like, now now the fact that we suck at drafting and we have a great pick this year is, like, is like seventh on the list of things that we're talking about. <laughs> Our, our offensive line's average age is like 37 and three quarters. And, you know, half of them are hurt and one of them might retire. And, you know, we're not talking about all that. So next year, you're going to see how serious they are. I mean, when you have, you know, who guys that are that are that are less famous than Nick Sirianni playing yeah. playing right guard or playing left guys tackle. that are older than Nick Sirianni playing left tackle. <laughs> Yeah, you got to part ways with him. But anyway, but yeah, I, dude, it's 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 very exciting. It's very so, exciting. Okay, so final. I was about to ask, like, final thoughts. Like, just at the end of it, we've now vented or at least discussed everything for this hour. Uh, Where we're at right now. Wh wh what's your mindset of the Eagles as we? Sit oh, here? as the Eagles are my mindset in general for football. Go Bills is my mindset in general. Uh, well, if, go Bills. Yeah, yeah, of course we're no, gonna go Bills. No, I'm going Chiefs. Bro. Oh, come on, brah. But anyway, yeah, we got we have big games coming up. Very excited. I'm 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 enjoying watching football. But my my feelings, the Eagles moving forward. Right as we sit here now, and with everything now, we we got some things settled, new coach, all that. Yeah. But what what now? Do well, well, we not that on. you need to see, but how do you feel as of right now, knowing what things have to be done moving forward and <laughs> I, what they I, have? I think your place. average fan is looking forward to a little bit of break from from Eagles news, even though like we usually crave it. But now it's like, all right, everybody, slow down. There's been so. I much think of when this. Nick Sirianni got hired, it was finally a sigh of relief. Like, okay, all right, yeah, we can, yeah, we like, that. We but, can unwind. You know, until they 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 announce their OC after the Super Bowl, and then their DC and all, and then the draft. I mean, I, I think I think I am honed in on the draft and just hoping to God that we have, and this is for not next year or even the year after that for the third for three years which is essentially usually your window when you hire a new coach that's usually the plan is three years right that's yeah I would say. yeah uh so for that third year that we that we draft awesome this year and really hit a home run uh with our players that we can just keep building on into the the year after that i'm excited i think it's great yeah i i think as i i sit here at january 23rd as we are recording this podcast um like I don't think things have been resolved. I think they just kind of put a band-aid over it and then once it starts bleeding again, they'll do it they'll band-aid it up again. I don't think like, we're at the wound that's bleeding yet. <laughs> but like there are there's a bigger, deeper scar here and bigger issues that just haven't been dealt with yet. And so things can be strung together real quick and, and be hung on by a thread and that's what kind of that's what 
Nick Sirianni is to me. It's just like, okay, now things seem better because it's a new coach and he's getting along great with Howie. And, you know, it's it's a big honeymoon phase. But at the end of the day, in two or three years, like I've, Howie Roseman's going to be here and the same issues are going to come up all over again. So right. I don't know how too excited I can be when I know that a lot of the issues that the Eagles have faced in the past year is, is still there. Right. And eventually, however long it takes, it's going to rear its ugly head again. Sick. So I can't wait for that. I can't. I, I think I'm. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how this plays. <laughs> it I is going to be. I mean, it's it's great for us because now we get to talk about it every single. Yeah, week. I'm. 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 I'm still a proud Super Bowl champion of 2017, and now, you know, hopeful for the future. I guess you know. I. I uh, you're not an Eagles fan if you're saying like I hope that Sirianni turns out to be the greatest coach in the history of football. And that would be a wonderful, you know, next 10, 20 years or whatever the hell. Uh, well, but- yeah, I, I think that's that's part of why I say that because to me it doesn't even matter how good or bad he is because no matter what, those problems are still there that – You want to see progression. You want to see things start moving back on the right. up and up because exactly. we we hit rock bottom, then we blew that up a little bit. We started treading some water, then we dug a little bit further down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> we hit rock bottom and found out there was water under there, so we just kept kicking until we were drowning in crap. I think anyway. that's a great place to end. Yeah. Uh, well done. Yeah, uh, man. So that was Birds and Bros. It was good to be back. I'm I'm glad we waited the week because uh, that the if we did it when we usually do, our, it would have been irrelevant in about like two yeah. hours. Jeffrey Laurie's definitely selling the team an hour after we dropped this. <laughs> <laughs> and there and there and there it is. Uh, so that is Birds and Bros. It's going to be it. a fun off season. I don't know what our schedule is going to be like. I like we'll the pop bi- in. I like the bi weekly thing. We'll pop in. Yeah, maybe we'll do one consecutive weeks when we're feeling it. Gives a crap. But uh, there will be content from us. Yes. And apparently we're starting starting a uh, stand-up comedian uh, entertainment pop culture podcast with what we started off with. Jeez, that, have, that was just a tease. That was, that was four months ago with all the with all the Eagles news that we just covered. <laughs> the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> great, great point. Uh, so we got to end it every way we do, no matter what. Wait, uh, with the Jets chant? No, no. Uh, we could. <laughs> Jets are Jets are looking at yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm bummed we didn't talk about the the Lions coach that talked about eating kneecaps, but we'll get. I guess we'll cover that later. Uh, so, <laughs> lead, lead us for the chance. Yeah, John, let's light it up, baby. Let's oh, championship it. weekend. There's nothing better. Football, man. baby. Football, baby. We're back. E A G L E S. Eagles. Eagles. Birds and Bros. Frankie Sirianni. <laughs>